Magic Art Workshop. Um, so I have a little outline of how things could work, and I'm open to them shifting. But um, I do want to thank you, Danny, and Dialogic Arts Workshop for, for hosting me mm-hmm. um, and everybody who's coming. But um, something I do like to do in starting any kind of participatory project, at least lately, is um, just starting out with some breathing work. And so I wanted to just get us all, like, have, like, two minutes where we're just breathing together. So um, you can start at your own pace, but I'm going to time just two minutes. And my instruction for this is try to take five seconds to inhale and then hold and five seconds to exhale and make it audible. And if possible, I'd like for us to try to uh, sync that breath together. Mm-hmm. Does everyone feel okay about that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So I'm starting the clock now. Okay, that was two minutes. Is everyone still here? Yes. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Okay, great. How are you feeling now? If at all different from before the two minutes we just had. Good. I feel pretty I feel good. I'm pretty relaxed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, me too. Um, I get nervous before I, like, do anything where I'm hosting, so this has become my tool mm-hmm. for getting everybody on the same page. And I like. Um, so next, I was hoping we could just do an intro. Say, um, what, what 
made you want to participate. And then um, how are you feeling today? And, and where you are located geographically, physically. So I'll start. Um, I'm Rachel. I'm in my apartment in Pilsen in Chicago, and I'm feeling excited to have this conversation and sort of curious to see where it goes. So and like kind of relaxed and happy that most people are not working today and everything is kind of calm for a minute. Mm-hmm. I can go next. Um, Danny here. Um, I, I wanted, I was really interested in talking with Rachel in a conversation about conversation in her artwork. Um, <clears throat> I feel pretty mellow today, pretty good, um, relaxed and um, easy. It's sort of the beginning of a long break for me, which is nice. And I'm here in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. You can go next. Um, I'm Danielle. I am in Iron Mountain, Michigan, in my parents' house. Um, I'm I'm also feeling pretty relaxed today, pretty cozy. It's pretty cold out, so it's sort of nice to be inside. Um, all my family's coming over soon, so there's a lot of excitement around the house. So the breathing exercise is kind of nice to, like, get into the space of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I, was, I was interested in participating in this because I'm um, really curious about how to have um, productive and civil conversations, but also about how to be a better listener. And I think part of a group conference call kind of is sort of predicated on everyone sort of listening and participating at the same time. So I was kind of interested in, in that. Um, I also really enjoyed the readings, by the way. So mm-hmm. that was a nice kind of. Um, introduction to how this may or may not function. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll go last. Um, okay, so uh, I'm Dan. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, hi, Dan. And, hi. Hi, Dan. <laughs> um, I'm in... Three Dan. Uh, yeah. I know. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious, right? Dan I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Um <laughs> I'm in Faribault, Minnesota, uh, with my partner's family, and um, and we're everybody's sort of gathered downstairs. Well, a part of the family, um, her mom and her stepdad and um, his family downstairs watching a football game. A lot of a lot of love for football games, um, and I'm feeling pretty chill. I'm. I'm uh I love gift I love gift giving and um so today is a good a good day for that and uh yeah I'm excited about this m- moment to have a conversation in particular like a because I did the previous one um and it was just so fun and it felt like such a great safe space to like talk about work Um, and then in addition to that um, I have so many questions about your practice Rachel in conjunction with like the um, kind of the performativity of text 
and, um, and participation. And so I'm really excited to hear about your practice more. And, um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, I thought maybe we could start. I was just trying to figure out how to, how I wanted to use this form of the conference call um, as material in a sense. And I was thinking about structuring conversations and thinking about all these different projects that involve conversation or communication and then like breaking that down into pieces, which is kind of how I came up with this first section of the PDF, mm. which is the conversation techniques. And I was just curious um, of people's responses to that or thoughts that like things that were missing. Um, and also I have this idea that maybe as we're talking, um, it would be okay to kind of point out any of these that are being used or to conscientiously use one and be like, I'm using, you know, I'm hesitating right now <laughs> or whatever. Um, I like pulling apart natural behaviors that feel natural. Um, just thinking about per- the way we're performing interaction and it feels natural, but it's also this thing that we've practiced. So kind of interested in like opening that up a little bit potentially in this conversation. I was thinking about expletives a bit um, and wondering how an expletive could ask a question. Well, simply like what the fuck, you know, (laughs) but uh, go on. uh, uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Well, I actually um, was wondering about, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was wondering about only ask questions. And I, as I was reading this and kind of imagining what may or may not happen in the conversation, like I was imagining what would happen if everyone decided to only ask questions, um, what kind of conversation would occur? Um, because mm-hmm. I think that that seems like, the, like to me, that's more of a directive, whereas, whereas the rest feel um, – I don't know. They they feel like they're a lot more open. Um, so mm-hmm. I was I was kind of interested in that as being like the ending one, and also as a as a possibility which could actually in some ways instead of opening up a conversation, kind of challenge conversation as a form. Mhm. Yeah. I don't know. I just I I guess I was thinking similarly where it was more of a dare in some ways. Um. Or, yeah, it would disrupt the form for sure. And maybe it would be more of, I feel like this is maybe the, this top thing is the beginning of something, but I don't know yet. So it was sort of just playing. And I guess in this conversation we're having too, maybe this is like, it's kind of interesting to open up the practice and show all these things and then think maybe maybe it could be a, a jumping off point for a future idea to investigate, but mm-hmm. I, the truth is, is I don't know about these things, but I, I like the list, and I like thinking about what these mm-hmm. pieces do, potentially. Is this a list that you have used before in sort of developing work, or is, is this something newer? This is newer. I just did this when I was making a PDF. Uh-huh. But I've been yeah, thinking I about of... it a lot. Or go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. 
Oh, I've just been thinking about trying to break, like, the tools that I'm using as I'm getting more and more involved with people through the projects, like, where it's longer-term communication, and it feels a little more, like, the space that you're holding is a little more sensitive or um, potentially triggering. Mm. Can you say more about that? Um, I think I'm talking specifically about Gymnasium for the Soul, the last project okay. that's listed on the PDF, because mm-hmm. um, there are – I'll just explain the project. Um, it is a three-phase development process of an alternative exercise class, which is an empathy-building class. So um, the f- first phase is research and so that involves one-on-one interviews with people about their experience of coming to know themselves as a person with a body and sort of the psychological implications of that for them. And so we have a conversation, which after that point is anonymous, and I'll transcribe that, which is kind of like phase one and a half. And then phase two is a workshop that involves around eight people eight to ten people, and we join together and kind of loosen up, do, do some like exercises of different sorts to kind of get into a headspace of trying to do what – okay, so then basically we, um, we, we go over the transcript together, one transcript together through this one workshop. Um, like at each workshop, we look through a different transcript, and we go over it, and we kind of sift out uh, emotions that are listed, body parts, senses, and from that information, we then cre- work together to create a sort of experiential poem of sorts, but some sort of an exercise that might reflect the transcript, like the original person's experience, and then these become exercises that will be used in the final phase, which is phase three, which is an exercise class. And in the class, like these little, there were excerpts about the people, and then there were kind of, this is in the PDF, for example, there's um, one about, like, the third to last page, I think, Um, page 26, and it's exercise for black cis male, 20 years old, and it's kind of a clip of what he's talking, his experience of trying to control his body, and then the exercise is listed beyond that, so he tries, he does 300 push-ups, every other two nights, every other night. And so then in the workshop, we created this exercise where in partner, if you share something that you do to enhance yourself or to create a better version of yourself, and then we teach the partner the practice and we try each other's practices. And then the whole group in this class will do push-ups for one minute all together in solidarity with the interviewed person. So... That's a long way of saying, like, these. that's what I mean as far as um, trying to break down the tools of conversation and thinking about the best way to approach a given topic that might come up. I mean, you don't know what you're getting into basically every time you open up a new conversation. Mm-hmm. And body, is, can be, it can be very, I mean, people are being very vulnerable and sensitive. Often. In those, so in I those, guess to a therapeutic space. In those conversations, do you 
like this this conversation these the list of conversation techniques that you put at the beginning of this PDF is really playful. You know, like there's a lot of sort of options for each of these gestures, right? Mm -hmm. Like change the topic. Could you could interject? You could inter interpret. You could translate. You could hesitate. You could obfuscate. You could avoid. So I'm thinking like in a kind of setting that's somewhat more therapeutic, um, or where people are talking about vulnerable personal personal things that maybe can you be as playful as this list like offers or do you need to sort of narrow down to specific ways of interacting um you know i guess all these things are really um interrelated in different ways because now that I'm looking at my list again, I'm kind of like, this actually feels closer to my writing practice, which is a little more playful. And the things I'm actually doing when I'm taking part in these classes is a lot more, is a lot less talking. It's more listening and it's mm. more figuring out the right questions to ask and then opening up the space and not trying not to interject, trying to give people space to like think through how they're responding to a prompt. So it's finding the right questions and the right prompts and then making space really. So it's kind of different, but I still think, I think that the, the impetus for writing this list maybe came out of thinking about conversations in this way, but this is totally more playful than I'm able to be in those spaces. In the workshop, yes, it is playful. There's more opportunity for these sort of things, but there's a line because it's also like, setting up the space so it does feel safe and, and kind of making agreements that are verbal agreements that we, so I'll, I'll go through a, a section where I propose certain ways of being in the space together and then just as an agreement, people do like jazz hands and just agree, agree, yes, me <laughs> jazz hands and so we like move through like that, which mm -hmm. is like a little playful sort of exercise, but gets people feeling playful but also feeling I think safe and they're able to make their own suggestions about how if they if they feel something is missing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know if I answered that, but actually you did. Because I just yeah. realized what I did was I had a reason to ask and it was to get clarification and you gave me clarification. <laughs> I'm looking at this like I'm looking at this now and thinking like, ooh, what do I want to do next? Like what yeah, would be appropriate? <laughs> You know, in reading over the PDF, which is pretty comprehensive, like I really appreciate it, and it's also pretty weird and in like <laughs> the best possible way. Um, so the beginning conversation techniques, I like like I read over the whole I read over the PDF and I felt like, okay, now knowing your practice, like the PDF functions in this really different way. Like the PDF performs it's performing these prompts for me, you know, like I'm not just mm. reading. It's like prompting me to do this participatory thing, you know, like not that that's not what we're all doing right now, but I think in light of your practice, the PDF functions a little bit differently. And I'm this beginning conversation techniques felt like it did. It definitely feels like this sort of provisional list. And um, I kept, and, and I'm definitely not trying to be, prescriptive, but, but given that you're still sort of thinking about it, um, um, I can't help but wonder how all of these, if, the, if these things were broken up, how they would function throughout this PDF. Um, mm. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, each, well, and there are parts. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, no. Just because because each sort of thing that you bring up is sort of like meant to. I don't know. Each thing is either each thing is is a thing unto itself, but they all inform each other. And so then, these prompts, like all together, feel to me like they def like these conversation techniques. They this is a definite list in the beginning. Like this is a list, but I can't mm-hmm. help but wonder: were these like dispersed throughout? would they then become prompts in the same way that you like invite me to read she unnames them and you know so on and so forth you know what i mean maybe can you try to try an example like for example um break one apart and put it somewhere yeah yeah you know what I, mean? I mean and i'm just you know i'm just spitballing here guys um yeah yeah but it's fun because I, <laughs> I, I kind of think i know what you mean but i'm not sure because i think i even found myself like going through the PDF and trying to name what technique was happening or something and not knowing what to do with it yet. Right. Right. Like what if, um, so here, Oh, I know. I know. What if like, because, because you sort of do that already in, um, uh, the woman dressed as Minnie Mouse, like you have these, mm. like, like disclaimer, um, mon- like you have these introductions that are kind of already doing that. And so postulate, um, this is how we practice proposal. And so then all of a sudden, like, what if you had meander in there? Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and then like you give the examples of, um, of what meander, like the sort of running list of what that could mean there. And, and so then I'm left to sort of like grapple with, oh, okay. Okay. She just said meander. Okay. All right. Maybe I'm supposed to meander right now because that was a question Mm. that I had in reference to um, the disclaimer. I I was like, this is actually really, really good, like prompt for a question right now because I was wondering why the disclaimer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and so then, I think about that in reference to the list above, the first, the first list. Like, you know, do you want this thing to remain as this sort of ongoing list, or how do, you, how performative do you want these conversational techniques to actually be? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's really interesting because. Well, this writing piece, this is like a, an excerpt from a longer thing that I've been working on for a long time, and I wanted to put it in here because I've been stuck on it for a long time. So, um, and not knowing exactly where or what it's doing right now. So, mm-hmm. so now in my brain, I've got this kind of, like, I feel like something's maybe being opened up actually. Um, because I think all of that was like what I was saying. I think when I started writing the list and it got more playful, it felt closer to this writing that I do. And Mm. yeah, like it felt like something familiar, which, which kind of, I think prompted putting the writing piece into this. So 
Um, is why the disclaimer actually a question or is that like a rhetorical question? No, that's a question because I think like that answer can, or for me, I feel like that answer might inform that list. Do you know? Mm. Like what what ends up being um, used as, or like where, how the list gets dispersed kind of thing or how the list even builds beyond what it is? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I guess the disclaimer is sort of um, in relation to um, my own, I don't know if this is, I feel like it's related to a, a woman kind of thing, like a femininity sort of thing of apologizing for me mm. in some senses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm an over-apologizer. So it's sort of putting the, the and, and the, I think the narrator in this piece is it, it moves around and it's unclear and sort of it's Minnie, but sort of it's the sky Jacques and, but it mostly it's kind of through Minnie. So mm-hmm. it's kind of apologizing for her in case you think you're going to give her more credibility than she maybe deserves. And maybe she does deserve it, but she's been, you know, kind of thwarting that before you even have a chance. So, but she does both things because she says she's sorry, sort of. Like, she's like, this isn't going to be, right, you know, that. But at the same time, let's get on the same level and let's pretend that we're on the same page. So, something like that. Well, I, think I the, yeah, feel I mean, like the – oh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, not, to, not to over-apologize. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like the text that you wrote, Rachel, is um, – quite distinct and slightly more performative than the other readings. Um, and I sort of felt like the conversation techniques that list almost became, at least for me as I was reading, kind of a, an index to read intertextually throughout the whole document. And so even if like those methods weren't employed in some of the other texts, like uh, Lydia Davis's text, some of the ideas that those um, conversation techniques um, emphasize, I think, were were present in, in each of those texts. So I think the way you're approaching the text seems sort of different than the text you selected, which I thought was a really interesting tension. Mm. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. The way that I'm approaching, um, wait, can you say that question again? Sorry. I mean, not sorry. The way that you're approaching um, these conversation techniques within your own text, which is at least to me, distinct from the way that they are presented kind of poetically mm-hmm. or metaphorically mm-hmm. within some of the, um, the readings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely the other readings were, are ways that, I mean, they definitely inform the writing that I was doing, but, or that I, this piece, but also my practice, so my writing also came directly from the other, like, seriously performative works that I've done. So thinking about rituals of everyday life and how they're performed and then translating them back into language and through this, through this, the perspective of this character, which I think is an easier way. The character came from... Um, study of, of like clown, clown workshops that I was taking in, I guess, 
around 2010, maybe a little before that and, and some after that, but I guess it was kind of this way of, of seeing, when I think about this person as a clown, I'm able to see like sort of that we all, no matter how, how um, neutral you're trying to be, there's no way. So she's always kind of herself in, a, in like a kind of, I don't know. I think she's charming, but I also think she she can't help but but perform herself. And so I've kind of lost my trail of thought. But um, but so then she's the character in my brain who's performing all these other performances too. Or I can take myself, kind of like taking experiences I've had, but then I can transform them through her perspective when I'm writing. So they are documents almost of my own experiences through performance and then also um, experiences of people like Jacques is is other people I know who are combined so it's like an amalgamation of different real life people and real life experiences that are all informed by by kind of topics that make me create actual performance work which I think is why so performative because it's kind of just these um, accounts of of those things that are performative. Yeah, I well, see that. Some, that's some kind of, of why it feels different. Like it's like the the gesture is an important way that the body shifts in your text, whereas in like the in talk to her, it's the language that shifts the body, not the gesture. So that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the distinction that I saw. I was um, thinking about the dialogue in the writing and um, was, was wondering, was some of this, this was pulled from some actual um, dialogue or conversations that happened in, during rehearsals for Ways of Being, Urban Winter? Is that right? Oh, uh, one of them was, like yeah. I, I'm yeah. curious, what kind of conversations were you having with people during the making of that piece? Um, Because they were all strangers, right? Yeah. They, a lot of it was nonverbal. I guess there was a mix between nonverbal and then just concern coming from other people often or confusion that then kind of, first confusion and then it kind of led into an acceptance of that I was going to hold their hand and I don't, my, my role was hold their hand and if I can't be the first one to let go, but they didn't know my rule. Um, there was an older lady that whose hand I held and she just asked if I was okay. And if she was okay. And she said, yeah. And I said, yeah. And then, and then she thanked me for holding her hand. Hmm. And then there were people who pulled away and kind of laughed um, and then there were people, like people who were sending out, who were giving out flyers who, if I held their hand, like there was this one person who was dressed up like a mascot and I held their hand for an extra long time and then they started dancing and they just started spinning under my hand and that was funny. Um, just, I think to like, because it was uncomfortable and they didn't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. So I thought 
now and looking back, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to, like, see what people were doing to try to get out of the awkwardness. And, of course, I thought how the way that I look, like, it's easier, obviously, for me to hold someone, a stranger's hand than many other people. Does that piece have, um, is that piece, like, episodic? Um, like, are there different situations for ways of being that you would re-perform this, this work in? Because this is this is urban winter, right? So do, would yeah. you do it again? Yeah, I haven't done that one again, but there are different things that, like, I would call free eye contact practice or rehearsal for ways of being. That was hmm. sort of, it's sort of, um, some, I guess that's the name that I call a lot of things that I try out. Hmm. These sort of, like, moments of, of isolating a gesture in mm-hmm. out in the real world or even I guess I would also even call the smiling piece a rehearsal for ways of being okay that makes sense but I didn't really name them that formally I think when I made that video I just was like I decided that was necessary but yeah in the end if I think about it I would call those other things that as well mm-hmm. I, I actually have a question about like the true touch piece mm-hmm. and um first off i'm i'm sad that i didn't actually get to experience that i remember trying to get an appointment i don't i don't know what happened um but it was a minute ago for me so i can't remember how it played out but i wasn't able to get mm-hmm. in and um i'm wondering here i'm like scrolling through the pdf as we're um so because these are sort of these are one-on-one moments, and um, do you end up transcribing these conversations, or do they solely sort of exist in 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 these moments? Yeah, those exist in that moment. There are recordings of because there's the the music accompaniment. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. recordings that I prefer that the music kind of that there's like a there are mumblings that you can hear under the music, but I like. My thought with it was that the music, I asked the musicians to try to respond to the conversation either tonally or with content Mm -hmm. or however they saw fit. So the idea was that potentially the tone at least could be recorded through the sounds that came from the musicians without giving away whatever the content of the conversation was, which, you know, sometimes the conversations were just like boring and you wouldn't want to hear them. So... Um, yeah, I was kind of interested in like that translation through sound. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> I'm gonna name it um, comfortable silence. Yeah. Thinking silence. Contemplative That's what silence. I thought, too. Thinking silence. <laughs> yeah. I think in conversation, um, it, like in these confabs, it's really um, because you don't have anything visual, you have to, like, let go of the mis- or, like, needing to figure out what the thing is. 
um, and needing to name it, right? Like, why are we not talking right now? Or what was that laugh referencing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I had never, this name, the Ursula Le Quinn has been going around a lot. Um, and I had, I hadn't read anything from her. So that was a, that was a great read. The mm -hmm. unnaming, she unnames them. Mm -hmm. um, which is sort yeah. of the opposite that you do with the conversation techniques. We like, you know, you yeah. name them like hardcore, but I think that's, and I'm wondering about that. I guess that's just a curiosity of mine of like, what's the benefit of naming or unnaming or. Yeah. Anyone have yeah. thoughts on that? I'll let other people talk about some thoughts. But... <laughs> well, I was thinking about um, how each of these essays, including She Unnamed Them, really like problematizes language as a framework. And mm. I think that um, in my experience of some of Rachel's work, she does that. But then there are also, like my, more of my memories around the work and the performances are about this kind of, like the absence of language or language as something that's not being interrogated, but rather just like allowed to come out and almost be a gesture or, you know, be not have to be so like kind of carefully scrutinized. And mm -hmm. so I guess that's where like I, um, I find it really interesting to think about how each of these essays in a way were really thinking about like how how problematic it is to name something and what that means for um, how we relate to others. And, and I think what's interesting to me is that like in this conversation, having some names and having some language to throw around becomes part of how we can actually begin to talk. Because without that, it's, you know, you might have like, I remember some performances that were sort of wordless, but they're very gestural. Um, and this feels really different than that. Um, mm -hmm. That's just an observation. It's not. You know. mm -hmm. No, I think I think that's that's pretty right on. I feel like just to sort of extend that a little bit. Um, I even in particular in Shan names them. You're sort of searching for familiarity, and once you find it, find it, that familiarity becomes a naming device. Um, and, and then it's sort of thrown out the window and, you know, which is, you know, part of the reason why I, I love her writing and why it's so interesting in light of your practice. It's like these sort of loose threads to, um, uh, to like spiritual performativity, loose threads to these sort of Judeo-Christian narratives, loose, like all these sort of loose threads that, um, where you have to grapple with your own familiarity with something. And so, um, I don't know, I thought it was really, really great that you sort of, that in the PDF, and I don't mean to keep referring to the PDF, but I'm sort of obsessed with it in relationship to your practice <laughs> right now. But like, um, I thought that was really interesting for that to, I have no idea why I'm thinking of this so sequentially, but I am. Um, I thought that was really interesting for that to follow the hello everybody piece um, where you're specifically looking at that and like calling that out. And I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, that was intentional. Um, and, and then that sort of as a larger device to sort of 
use to think about your work, you know, that, that recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah. Do you, like, how do you, and this is not knowing a ton about your practice, so this is, um, how do you factor spirituality into the, like, spirituality, spiritual gestures, these sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Why am I losing that word? These sort of, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember the word, but um, like ritual, yeah. ritual, ritual, yeah, ritual. ritual. Oh, yeah. Okay. How do you, how do you, hello, how do you factor rituals in with with your work, or how do you think about them? Um, I think they're really informative. Um, I mean, I also think actually Minnie the Minnie Mouse was called Jewess before she was called Minnie Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um. And a lot of her, like this character Jewess, which is kind of she's my Twitter account. Yes, Jewess, and, and it's kind of about it's grappling with ritual in relation to living in and, and coming from. I mean, I have a pretty my background is that I was raised pretty uh, in a really tight knit Jewish community and within a tight-knit Jewish family. And there are certain expectations about carrying on that lineage. And then that in kind of living that life, then um, in a secular society, but still being expected to carry out all of these other, like, some things. So anyway, in my family, it was a lot of, like, you should do this because you should do this. And... I think my practice has been a really helpful place to ask questions about why we do what we do. And that probably, I mean, definitely a lot of those questions started with Jewish, like Jewish tradition and Mm. specifically people in my family, you know, they don't, they're not Hasidic Jews that do every single thing. They pick and choose. So it's kind of this question of like, well, when do you choose what you can do and what you don't have to do? And the same with all these other things within our society that are not religious ritual, that it was easier to think about them, like what when you smile to make someone feel comfortable, what that's about, or when you apologize, or when you do or don't make eye contact, or, yeah, before I was doing these things, there's a performance, there's a video on my website that's about they were more like ritualistic very much about the rituals like where there's a ritual on Yom Kippur on the Day of Atonement and you take bread crumbs and you throw them into a moving body of water so you're like throwing your sins away and I made this huge ball of bread and everybody gathers together to do this thing we were at the lake and I made this huge ball of bread and I just carried it with me into the water like Mm. Virginia Woolf like What's it called? Um, and yeah. I just like swam away in my clothes, and, and like the rabbi, I like ran into the rabbi. Like so, so this was videotaped. But then I met, I ended up like somehow my friend knew the rabbi, and I didn't realize I was going to lunch with her. And she was like, "You're the woman who ran away with her bread." She's like, "I'm so worried about you." That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. 
Could you talk maybe about comedy and if that's something you think about in the work? Or maybe not comedy, but, like, you mentioned the clown earlier as a, something you're thinking about. And I, I wonder about, like, how kind of awkward comedy is something. I feel like that's something you kind of build into some of these performances and how you're thinking uh-huh. about that. Yeah, I hope those things come across. Um, it's been, a, it's been um, I think that those sort of things, are my experience of like just the interacting with people is awkward and often I'll have an experience of like, you know, everyone's having a conversation and we're going to some place together. And it's like, as far as like in the conversation, but then I'll take it too far and I'm like, Oh shit. And when I get, I want that to transfer into my practice in some ways, like that feeling of like losing control, but kind of, um, and it being funny and inappropriate. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's what I mean. That's like my clown in some senses is like kind of a perv. Actually, in one of the clown classes, my character, the teacher told me I needed to come dressed as a witch the next day. And then we found throughout the class that like I was most funny when I was acting. I had to think about myself as like a parent at a PTA meeting who was, like, kind of pervy, and that's when I was, made people laugh the most, but it was, like, to me, it felt like, oh, this must be, like, my essence or something coming out, but I think that in writing, it is interesting to have to, like, I really wanted to think about writing that, that I couldn't forget or that makes me feel like I want to make art, and so these pieces were those or like or, or, or writings that I felt like spoke to my practice. Like I liked the idea of this. Well, the, the, I'm getting off topic except for but the, uh, the Lydia Davis is like the perfect amount of like awkward and funny and uh, so real. And, and then not, on the not funny side of things, the, the um, talk to her one, I felt it like feels so much about performing who you are and, and trying to uh, not perform into the expectations that are set for you. Um, yeah, I think it's been a long, it's been, it's, I'm still working on trying to have a natural sense of like, that comedy that that it's able to come out in a natural way instead of planning it too much. Things like breathing before I do anything is, are really helpful for that. But yeah. Um, so I had I went to your site and I was sort of tooling around and um, and this uh, yeah it might be a dumb question but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Um, you make the distinction of collaboration on your website. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I wonder how you separate that out in any of your work. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that word. Mm. Yeah. Um, for these ones on my website specifically, the, the meaning of collaboration was just that I had actually conceived of the project with other people. Uh, okay. So okay. they were helping to like administrate them really. I okay. I think maybe like the wording is not that's because I do think 
often, most often, yeah, the way that things are categorized on the site, the site should really be updated because I do feel like a lot of the work is collaborative in a lot of different ways, and I want it, I want it to be that way. And I want, I hope for people to take, to feel that they have some space in creating things, like especially like Gymnasium for the Soul or something like that, where I'm hoping that eventually people will feel like, oh, I could facilitate one of these workshops or right. That's cool. they, they own a piece of it if they want to. But, yeah. So, yeah, I no, definitely. It's yeah. just confusing. No, no, no. And I definitely was like, oh, this might end up going the way of, oh, my website, I got to update it. Um, which is yeah. why I was like this might this might be a dumb dead end question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because I didn't know if you had any sort of criteria that you know that you were delineating in that. Well, in that, no, that's you know that's what I mean. Thing too, where um, for example, Trauma Dog is my collaboration with Cassandra Troyan, mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. pieces are not generally participatory, or I think that the content is different, like the thing. The the drive is different. Where I think my work, maybe maybe they both do can do similar things, but the tone is very different. Where those are a lot mm. more in your face and aggressive. And I think that the ones that I call my my practice are more open ended conversations. Mm. At least that's kind of how I try to form them. Yeah. And then yeah. the other thing was with a, a friend of mine in Toronto, and that was just years ago, and I don't know, like, it was this project, Pocketology, that was about collecting stories from people's pockets, and to me it now feels really naive, even though I kind of like it in some ways. And I don't know what to do with it anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's cutesy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely didn't want you to end up talking about like your relationship to your website, PS. <laughs> because <laughs> Yeah. No, but yeah. it's true that like the, the trauma doc stuff is a totally it just feels like different work to me than mm-hmm. this other stuff where if I could see I don't know. Yeah, that I guess the the work that's like the greater part of the site, like that just is under work is things that I think fall under the same things as these conversational pieces or that I think can be categorized as things that fit within the context of the PDF, if we're going to talk about yeah. that. I don't know. I like the PDF, too. I just feel like it, it was really helpful, actually, for me to find language because, like Danielle was saying, often I think language has become something that I use more often, but especially during grad school, I was afraid to... Um, to choose language. Mm-hmm. And it was like really like I was like fumbling around through pop songs and different things and trying to figure out which words could fit and I wasn't sure. But I feel like now it's it's even if I leave them out of actually a performance or a piece and it's action, I think knowing the language that helps to define them is helps is is good. Yeah. Like intentional um intentional omission of something, but you still have your own sort of internal kind of lexicon yeah. for, what you're, for what you're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So we're getting close to the end, guys. I don't know how these things end. Are there any more questions or thoughts anybody wants to say before we close soon? I mean, I really appreciate you sharing your work, you know, in this way. And, um, you know, I'm excited to, you know, just reread it a little bit after having this conversation. I wonder, like, what we'll, what I'll think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, thank you for, for participating and asking questions and being engaged with it. Yeah, I, I would second that, too. I mean, it's, this has been such a – I was just thinking about how this is a much – to me, more effective form of critique in a way, almost to not have the object in front of you or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we're defining as, an, as the object, um, and, and rather the object in a way being the conversation in order to talk about what the kind of core um, ideas that you're exploring in the work are and how they kind of manifest. Um, and the conversation itself becomes, a, I think, a really interesting object that helps me at least to learn more about your practice um, and then I was also thinking a little bit about like your collaborations with Cassandra that I've seen and how, you know, they do feel really, really different than your, you know, practice um, when you're not collaborating with her. Because I think Cassandra's work has a kind of, I mean, this isn't the right word, but it's the only one I can think of right now, like a kind of intensity and violence to it that is the sort of antithesis mm-hmm. of your work from my perspective. And I really like when those two things are mashed up next to each other. But then also in your work, I love that there's this space that's created for like intimacy and kindness and awkwardness. And it's allowed to just sort of exist there um, without having to be pushed in any direction. Um, So to me, that's sort of like one of the distinctions in those collaborations is how, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, that really makes sense. And it's interesting when we're actually, like, forming a piece together because those sides, like, come up against each other and then, like, the final piece is kind of you figure out what, who landed where. hmm But I also like some of, like, I think in some of your, like, almost informed consent forms or something where there's, like, a line about how you're not trying to, like, make the world necessarily a better place or in some ways how this isn't necessarily a benevolent um, mm-hmm. project. I, I think that's a really lovely way of kind of cutting away at, you know, you used the word cute before, like in a, in a negative sense. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a way of getting rid of that in a productive mm-hmm. way of getting rid of that. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, that's been a challenge. That's a challenge I think for making work that's participatory and can seem altruistic or something. And, and that I had to get rid of, I had to let go of too because I think I wanted to be, or maybe I still do want to be, but you, you have to realize that you can't. Mm-hmm. You're not going to save anybody or anything. Um, I know I we have to end, right, oh, Danny? Sorry. Go ahead. I think, I think getting rid of that allows for more possibility, that's all. You know, it's, um, it opens it up a lot more. Because mm-hmm. you are not the savior. You know, I think that's potentially condescending yeah. and problematic. Totally, and I think also in thinking about, I don't know, thinking about, like, intersectionality and, and feminism and all the things that all the people need that I don't know about. It's about listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of how the gymnasium for the soul thing came up too. Of like, well, this handholding project was like, I mean, I was being intrusive and it was presumptuous and I, I'm okay with the project, but I don't know if I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I feel like where I'm at 
is a place of, like, I think it can still be scary to listen to somebody. I think I always want to scare myself a little bit. If I'm scaring myself, I'm like, oh, you're doing something productive. And it's funny because I think I felt more afraid of people as I continued. It goes up and down. There was definitely a point where, like, I'd been doing the work and it was like, I think I used to be, at first it was this thing of, like, wanting to talk to everyone and know everyone. And then I was like, I don't understand. It's too overwhelming. And um, <laughs> and then feeling like I I'm completely, that. because I, yeah, cause I had <laughs> named everything. And I was thinking about it too much, which I think is, like, when that smile piece came up. So I was like, fucking smiling, make people feel better. And <laughs> uh, everything was just overwhelming. And now I feel like it's kind of flowing back into the space where it's okay. <laughs> Or there's a medium, there's somewhere in the middle. But we'll see. It always moves. Comfortable silence. (laughs) Rachel, thanks for talking to us about your work and and this wonderful PDF. And yeah, I agree with Dan that I'm going to go back and I think that the conversation we had was helpful. And, and makes me want to go back and explore this PDF a little bit more. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for hosting this. And thanks for all your thoughts, everybody. It's really been productive for me, too. Great. Thank you. All right, Thank everyone. You. Happy Thank holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 Bye.